All right. Hey, everybody. What's going on? My name is Chris. It's uh, episode number 40 of Hashtag BKOT. We're very excited to have a special guest on today. We have Anton Anderson, who is the managing partner at Elite Resource Team. And um, very excited to talk about proactive and holistic planning using a virtual family office model. So as always, we're trying to bring insight and new ideas into the accounting community to help you guys out. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join in. And so let's get started. So Anton, thank you. Coming from the West Coast today. So Pleasure, thanks for my taking friend. time out. Yeah, so absolutely. So tell us great, about great Anton. <laughs> about, about who I am or what I do? You yes. want a bit of both? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as you said, you referenced the West Coast there. Born and raised in San Diego, still located here. Uh, let's see, graduated in the mid early 2000s and was working full-time, started at Smith Barney and went to Merrill, Merrill Lynch after that, and then a small boutique firm. And so just kind of got bit with the entrepreneurial and, and, and finance bug early on. And at some point after realizing that the larger wirehouses weren't really a, the right fit for me, I left, joined a smaller firm, which is where I originally was introduced to the concept of the virtual family. Well, at the time, it was a family office. Uh, it was a, a CPA working with four internal family members, and they had a collective net worth in the billions. And so I, I became really close with this CPA, learned a lot about the family office structure. And eventually it just kind of got to the point where it made a lot of sense, this concept of professionals coming together to offer proactive and holistic advice rather than competing with each other. You know, but the average family isn't the 200 million net worth, the 500 million net worth plus. I came from a, a, a long line of educators and, and elementary school professionals. And so it, it was a different world. But I realized that same collaborative concept yep. that I saw represented in the family office could bring just as much value to, you know, my family or, you know, the neighbors that I grew up down the street from. So that's kind of what started this whole pursuit of taking some of the core fundamental concepts of a family office and applying them to more of, I would say, the mass affluent and affluent clientele that a lot of the advisory and accountant community serve on a more consistent basis across the U.S. And then um, about 2013 or 14, you started uh, Elite Resource Team, right? Yep. So 2009 broke out on my own from a, from a, a boutique firm here in San Diego and, and was working within this virtual family office type of structure. But as an advisor, built a few really good partnerships with CPAs here in San Diego. And just eventually I realized the, I referenced my parents being educators a minute ago. So I'll tell you, the blood runs deep. You know, I realized I really love the education, the training, and so probably more so than actually working with clients. And so that's 2014 kind of started transitioning out of individual practice. And by 2015 was really full-time in more of the training, consulting, educating space, started elite resource team and have, uh, have, haven't really looked back. You know, we've grown to work with over 1100 partnerships across North America, basically helping accountants and financial advisors come together to offer more proactive and holistic planning to their mass affluent and affluent clients. That's a great story, honestly. And, and what you bring to the table is a very much needed resource, uh, especially since the accounting world was just pushed right into this whole virtual model here. And you don't usually correlate holistic and accounting together. 
And so, but it's a, it's it's looking at it rather than just a number cruncher or just a tax preparer, you know, looking at it as a whole. So how, tell me about the, this holistic approach and working with um, the firms that you do and, and, and kind of where do you identify um, uh, if this is going to work for them or not? So you tell me about some of the processes. Yeah, I'd love to, man. And I appreciate the feedback on that. So, you know, similar to what your company has recognized, and, and I love what you guys are doing, which is probably why we've, we've hit it off, but we are recognizing that the compliance-based reactive work is being commoditized, right? I mean, there's no secret there. When we started telling that story in 2015, it was a little bit of an uphill battle. Now it's just, it's, it's given. So really the, not only the accounting space, but also the advisory space. I mean, technology, outsourcing, those are compressing the fees. And so now we kind of look at it and we have to say, well, where do we really bring value to the marketplace? Is it, is it really just recording taxes or running investment portfolios? And, and the answer is no. I mean, really where we bring value is by solving problems. And I had a mentor one time that said, you want to make a little bit of money, solve little problems. You want to make a lot of money, solve big problems. And so what we're realizing is the more value we can bring and the bigger problems we can serve, the stronger business we can grow and the more revenue we can generate and doing it in a very win-win-win way, right? It's like the more collaborative we can be, the more value we can deliver to clients. It's a, it's a pretty cool opportunity, I think, that we have in front of us. Um, and again, much like what your firm's doing, there's really no limit to how to bring value. It's kind of like the wild, wild west of redefining our role in the marketplace. It's like, how do you bring value? Well, you solve client problems. And there's a lot of ways to solve problems. Mm -hmm. And and uh, you're spot on with that as far as uh, I, <laughs> I feel that um, it, at times, uh, firm owners, partners, directors, it just things can get so convoluted and so complicated for no reason. And you'd simplify it. <laughs> big problems, big solutions, small problems, small solutions. It's just the idea of, of, of making it so intense or so, um, uh, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Not looking at it with the end result being the solution and just going towards a negative aspect or at the same time, just thinking about what will go wrong. And, and I don't think that's always the right approach and looking at it to where, where can you build out a cost-effective um, uh, uh, work-life balance type of solution for your team, right? You're sometimes they get hyper-focused on the client, but at the same time, you got to realize the team that you have, and that's what, kind of what's going on with these staffing shortages that I'm seeing all across the nation. Is you gotta you gotta love and take care of your team first, and I just feel that the being an accountant anymore is not the way it used to be. No one wants to be an accountant. And so this is really taking firms to take a, a, a deep dive into um, the staff that they have and how to build uh, an, an effective solution to have service delivery for their client. And so what um, when you talk about this virtual family office model, um, how, how do you see that integrating into the everyday accounting firm? Yeah, good. You, you know, so you hit the nail on the head, uh, first of all, with your observations, and then, and then good question, how does it integrate? So here's, here's the reality. There's way too much complexity 
for any, certainly one individual, but even a small team to become an expert in all things, right? So then we have to kind of ask ourselves, well, then what do we do? Like if we are coming to this conclusion that it's better to solve client problems than just be reactive and, you know, do compliance-based work, like it's better to be proactive. It's better to be holistic. It's better to solve problems than ignore them then what options do we have? So we can try to become a jack of all trades, which is just, it's, it's not a good solution. You know, there's too much complexity. Um, you can hire, but at some point you can't hire enough expertise. You can hire a good team and lead them and train them, but there are things that you only come across once a year, twice a year. And it doesn't make sense to try to hire a team large enough to handle situations that clients are only going to come across, you know, once or twice a year. So that then brings us to, well, it's 2021, you know, technology is incredible now. So what I can do now and who I can work with and the team that I can form is limitless. You know, even just three, four years ago, it was much harder to do this, partly because of the mindset and partly because the technology wasn't there. I mean, we're on Zoom right now, you're live streaming to Facebook, this is going to be recorded. It's going to be pushed out on probably multiple social media channels. It's like the technology is there for us to be collaborative immediately. Yeah. So all we've done is we've, one, focused on having a conversation in the industry that says, do we agree that by being proactive and holistic, working together, we can bring more value to clients? Yes. Okay. Boom. First step. If you disagree with that, no problem, but it's just, it, this is not the right model. And I would argue you're probably going to be left behind. Two, how do we do that? How, how do we actually form relationships with people that can bring us expertise that we trust, that are the best of the best at what they do? So we use technology and we leverage. And so we, we've put a lot of time and energy into building a team, and we call it a virtual family office or a team of experts that can handle essentially 95% of the problems that a mass affluent or a fluent client's gonna have. And typically they fall into one of five areas. And this is you know, what, what we talk about day in and day out, but they fall into tax planning, like proactive tax planning, you know, capital gains, estate tax, capital gains tax, whatever it might be. They fall into legal services, succession plans, estates, wills, buy-sell agreements, key man, et cetera. They fall into risk management, you know, insurance, captive insurance, property and casualty. They fall into wealth management, which could be retirement, college plans, investment accounts, et cetera. And then the fifth would be business advisory services. So like for those of us who work with small business owners, you know, the business is the baby. So business advisory services means things like, what's your company culture? Where are you going? You know, what are your KPIs? How are you measuring them? How are you leading your team? How are you keeping your key people, you know? So those are the five areas, wealth, and just to repeat them, tax planning, legal services, wealth management, risk management or insurance, and business advisory services. So we have a team of dozens of people that are experts in each of those specific areas. So to get to your question, what does it look like from an average accounting firm perspective? Well, you can try to develop that expertise, which realistically you can't do. You can try to hire it, which isn't feasible from a cost perspective, or you can plug into a virtual family office that already has all of those areas of expertise and leverage those relationships when you are now communicating with your clients proactively and identify a need or a problem that they have, you can lean into that team. So that's how it looks in terms of like the average day-to-day -day relationship with accounting firms.
when um so i i'm not an accountant myself i've been working in different industries and uh but it's always been on the sales marketing and advisory side when i came into the accounting community over four years ago um i was i would ask about uh referrals any industry i've been in is, is referrals and i was told it probably won't work in this it just the accounts don't talk amongst each other they don't share ideas and i was like what why <laughs> and 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 since that time four years ago wow when i'm on a call now one out of ten calls could be a reference three four years ago now it's almost five out of ten hmm. and it's really good to see that the uh, the they're forming communities alliances and they're all talking amongst each other and sharing ideas and they're like yeah i heard your name from a, a reference group that i'm a part of and i'm like it's really enlightening to see this happen because it, it, it's across it doesn't um it's not industry specific you, you're going to get references if you're doing you're going to get best practices you're going to get good ideas mm -hmm. and i just didn't understand why it wasn't um uh, uh prevalent before and so you're absolutely right is 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 it all it all automatically starts with the mindset if you think it's not going to work if you have reservations if you're going to gravitate towards the negative well not for you but if you're going to have an open mind, look at it in the positive light, uh, see the end and realize that there's steps to get there, then yeah, by all means. And so I've seen that quite a bit as far as um, now coming together and sharing best practices, which is awesome. Yeah. And the key thing is the um, for the accounting community, our audience is the business advisory side of it. You know, it's not just about plugging numbers anymore so that provides great value but then um now they're meeting with the cfps and different and different um, other aspects and so you kind of bring all that together um what are your summit thoughts as far as uh, like references and, and working together and, and obviously that's what's going on day to day but talk a little bit about um uh, uh insight into that yeah absolutely so I mean, you, you clearly see there's there's kind of an old school way of thinking. And I think I oftentimes relate them to they're in a rowboat. They see the island. They know the boat has holes in it, but they're kind of like, I can just get close enough to the island where I'm, where I'll make it, you know. Um, and that's the old school way of thinking. You're charging hourly. You're charging by a tax return. You're focused on how many W-2s you have. And. 1120s whatever whatever your however you're measuring your metrics right. uh, and i think then there's a, a new school way of thinking which is i really don't charge based on how many tax returns i complete how many hours i work i charge based on how much value i can deliver and the more valuable i can create the client experience not only the more can i charge the better clients i get to work with but the more unique my value proposition becomes and a unique value proposition is something that's very easy to introduce other clients to so that's what we constantly see is you know first of all figuring out how do i bring this client value and once i've done that and they go nobody has ever talked to me about how to do xyz then it automatically re it results in introductions to other clients that are in similar situations because other people aren't talking to them about solving their problems either you know so yeah the organic growth is is a huge aspect of i think what's happening 
and you're just, you're seeing it. It's like the, the best clients will naturally go to where they receive the most value. Mm-hmm. And that, so that's, that's part of the whole, I think, goal should be how do you, how do we create a model in which a one person shop or a five person shop, you know, a 10 person shop can compete with some of the super regional and national firms that have 50 people. You can do that not by hiring 50 people, but by leveraging firms like yours, leveraging technology, leveraging firms like ours to, to really just grow in a smart way. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and accounts being um, uh, 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 valuable to small businesses have realized that this entire time that the advisory side should already been implemented. And now they're looking at doing it. And so when, when a firm is about to shift the model, uh, let's say from an hourly to service-based, value-based type of pricing, and uh, what are some quick tips that uh, you can give to and how to approach that um, uh, type of model and the change and where should they start? Yeah, so this is obviously one of the biggest struggles, right, is that a lot yeah. of accountants have what I call service debt. Your model right now is requiring a tremendous amount of time. And that time has you on a hamster wheel where you're like, I would love to change something, but I'm so busy with what I'm doing right now. And I need to keep doing what I'm doing right now in order to keep the lights on and the employees I have hired. Yep. So what they have to do, most of them is you don't get change like that. You you have to put in strategic techniques where you start slowly shifting and realizing that it might take 12 months, 24 months, but yes, like my future firm can look very different than what my firm today looks like. Mm -hmm. So a couple of the things that we help the accountants with right out the gate is again, working with a firm like yours, which is what's a value, what's the, what's an hour of my time worth? And I'm not talking about what do I charge, but I'm saying like, what is my time worth? And could I pay somebody less to do anything that I'm currently doing? If the answer is yes, that's the first step. Like if I can free up an hour of my time and in general, I look at the revenue I make and I make 250 an hour and I can pay somebody $50 an hour well, that's a great arbitrage. So that's part of it. Another thing we talk about often is, is there a portion of your book that you can sell? You know, a lot of times people think, oh, selling means selling everything, but not necessarily. Like you can package up a percent of your clients and you can sell that specific package. You know, so we work with brokers that specialize in doing that with accountants because then all of a sudden you free up time and you also have a little bit of revenue that comes in from those relationships. Another thing we talk about is basically transitioning. So we, we have a, we tell a lot of funny stories, but one of them is you, you build in a strategy where for every new A client you get, you let go of, or you push on to a junior accountant, um, or you fire, or you raise significantly the prices of two D and C or D and F clients, right? So you get a new A, two, two D and C's kind of go out the door. Now you fast forward that 12 months. And all of a sudden you realize you've added six good clients. You got rid of 12 bad clients. So those are a couple of strategies, right? I mean, you can, you can hire people and create a time arbitrage. You can block off or, or section a book of clients that you can sell. You can set a structure in place where every good new client, you get rid of two bad clients. And again, over 12, 24, 36 months, you start realizing, wow, I have actually quite a productive firm with a better work-life balance 
and I enjoy what I do more. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I love it. Yeah, no, because then when um, uh, college graduates or um, somebody that uh, with um, looking for experience at that lower level and the firm can then approach uh, broach them in an aspect of this is advisory we don't have no compliance and you can make accounting fun again and make it a position like wow i want to go and do that and Way work with this public practice right or, uh and, and because there's so it's just so much um uh animosity towards it and just like oh, i don't want to do that i can't do that and you know, work for a private firm or a governmental firm and just something that's fun Right, it's a new age um, and a new way of thinking, and there's technology, and with everything going on, it, it's changed the mindset of every day of today's uh, workers. I mean, I'm coined as a uh, geriatric millennial because I was born between eighty and eighty-five, so I know what it's like not to have a cell phone, and now with everything at my disposal, it's insane. Sure. And and I get it, and I can relate to that. But and change is constant. Um, you can you could deny it for 30 years, 40 years, and at some point in time, it's going to happen and you have to accept it. And so, because I hear a lot of, well, we've been doing this this uh, this certain way and then uh, it's been so many years and it's like, well, what are we doing here now if it's, if it's been working for you? And at that point, you have to have the mindset and then you're right, it's not going to happen you know, tomorrow morning or the next day there's going to be the end point and you're going to have to get there. There's going to be these steps. And I like the, the approach as far as, um, you know, looking at your firm and, 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 on, and getting the right client. You know, I've, I've worked with clients where they're saying, Oh man, this client or this client, I'm like, why do you still like working oh, yeah. with them or, you know, change the, the price, like you said. So no, I totally agree with that. And utilizing the resources you have currently and not for data entry and, and make sure that um, it, you identify your team strengths and be able to convert them into more uh, doing more challenging and more value added services. So, yeah, no, spot on. Um, as we uh, great conversation, as we wind down um, more, any other tips or any other final thoughts that you want to give our audience today? You know, just to kind of paint the picture for, for anyone listening, potentially, who hasn't worked in a firm like this or been there before, mm -hmm. typically what the end goal looks like is clients are on some type of monthly retainer, right? It's minimum probably of $250 a month. It's maybe up to like two grand a month. The more value, obviously, we're bringing, the more we charge, and the more they're really happy to pay. Um, so you're you're spreading out your annual revenue, you're reducing your kind of tax season, you know, major hours, because overall, you have actually less clients. But in general, you're charging them more, because you're delivering more value. And like you said, you have, I think, a more enjoyable overall company culture, as well as kind of dynamic yourself. I mean, the ideal scenario is somebody who says, I really don't care if I, if I complete another tax return in my career or not. Like if, if I didn't have to create another tax return, I would be just as happy as, you know, if I had to do, uh, do one or not. So the ideal scenario is somebody doesn't love doing tax returns, but they love bringing clients value. There's a lot of ways to bring clients value. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're, we're just kind of looking at. Like I said earlier, is a little bit of a wild, wild west and redefining the relationship to the marketplace mm -hmm. and 
how we bring value. And I think the more proactive and holistic we can be in doing that, the more value we can bring and the more we create a win-win-win. So I think it's fun. I, I think it's an exciting time and we're going to see a lot of, you know, a lot of things changing in the next three to five years. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty big window of opportunity. It is absolutely is. This is why, you know, uh, we bring uh, colleagues like you to, to talk to the audience and make them realize like you can do this. You can't, you could have done this before, but in, now is the best time ever to go ahead and get started and there's resources out there that's the that's the that's the key thing and it's not just technology yes technology is there but you have to realize that there's people to help you. you you may not be strong in the business side of it there's plenty of people out there to help you you're good at what you do great so i really appreciate you coming on today and, and speaking to our audience and um uh for now take care we'll talk soon and everybody's good time out of their schedule thanks for joining in and yeah, absolutely. Uh, have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. bye.